But none of that, none of the examples that I've mentioned and none of the examples that might be coming to your mind about ways in which we are obsessed with knowing things, none of that is biblical knowledge. None, is that, none of that is the way that God talks about knowing. It, it's, that, that's not the kind of knowing that Scripture talks about. That's not the way that God knows. God doesn't just know some things about us or the world. He knows differently than that. Our, uh, our human knowing always pales in comparison to God's knowing. Uh, Mandy has been my best friend for almost 20 years at this point. Uh, we've spent every day together uh, in, in marriage for almost 15 years, and we dated before that. Uh, we know each other inside and out. I know everything about her, but I'll never know her the way that God knows her. Never, never in a million years. For those of you who have been married way, way longer than that, uh, man, I don't care if you've been married for 50 or 60 years, uh, you will never know your spouse the way that God knows them uh, because he knows on a whole different level. Uh, uh, what we see in verse 5 here is that to be known by God is profound and unbelievable and awe-inspiring. Uh, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. That's incredible. It should remind us uh, of a similar passage in, in Psalm 139. And taking parts of it here, uh, David the psalmist says, O Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it completely. Where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your presence? For it was you who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God knows us. He knows every detail about us, the hairs on our head, the thoughts in our brain, the desires of our heart. He knows us like any good creator would know its creation, but in ways that we will never humanly understand. His knowledge is vast beyond our understanding. I helped create my two kids. Uh, I was a part of the process, and I've been with them for, for years now, but I couldn't tell you about the number of hairs on their head. Heck, I couldn't if you asked me right now, I probably couldn't describe what their hair even looks like. I'm with them nonstop. I know them. I know them really, really well. I spend gobs of time with them. I know them better than anyone else on the earth, but I don't know them like God knows them, and I never will. And he knew it all before they were even born, before they'd even stepped foot on this earth. This is a whole different kind of knowing that we see with God. It's deeper than we could ever understand. Now, the biblical understanding of knowing is a really deep uh, concept as well. Uh, uh, the, the idea of God's knowing that we see here in Jeremiah and in the Psalms uh, actually involves two other incredible verbs. Uh, the, the verbs choosing and watching over or, or caring for. To be known by God is, is, biblically speaking, to be chosen by God. To be known by God 
is to be chosen by God. He chose you. Let, let that sink in. The God of the universe chose you, handpicked you. To be known is to be chosen. He wants to know you. He wants to have a relationship with you. He chose you. And then secondly, to be known by God is also to be watched over, to be cared for. He loves us and protects us. He cares for us no matter what. Uh, I think we don't even understand that sometimes. I, I was thinking about that. My, uh, uh, some of you have met my friend David, who, who comes here uh, fairly often. He lives in Seattle. Uh, but David and his wife, Michelle, they were pregnant, and they just lost their baby earlier this week. They were uh, over 20 weeks. They knew it was going to be a girl. So, I mean, they had already, their hopes and dreams are up, and, and they're, they're uh, anticipating this new life that they're going to have. They even had a name picked out for their baby. It was real at this point. They're pretty far along. And, uh, and they lost their baby this week. And uh, I've been texting a lot with, with my friend, uh, helping him kind of process some of this. And, and, and he was saying that he feels this strange kind of peace, even in the midst of this loss. Like, I mean, they haven't been sleeping. They've been, they've been grieving this terribly. And yet he's felt God's presence. Uh, even as he's kind of like doubted his faith a little bit here and there over the last year, in the midst of this, in the midst of this tragedy, he actually has sensed God's peace in the midst of that, and he didn't even really know why. And, and, and I think as I was starting to unpack these verses here in Jeremiah, I think I know exactly why he's sensing God's peace. Uh, he's sensing it because God knows him, and to be known by God is to be cared for by God, to be watched over by God. And so even in the midst of this terrible tragedy, God is there with him uh, and is watching over him. Uh, God knows us, watches over us, and cares for us, especially in our suffering. To be known by God is profound, unbelievable, and awe-inspiring. Uh, I probably, uh, we could go on and on about that, just that verse alone, uh, and maybe we will sometime. But the, the text moves forward with Jeremiah's response. That was God, what God was saying to Jeremiah. Uh, but, but the text moves forward in verse 6 with Jeremiah's really, uh, uh, his, uh, really honest uh, but kind of predictable response. And in verse 6 he says, Then I said, Ah, Lord God. Truly, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a boy. Jeremiah's response is so typical, uh, and it's the same kind of response that I think most of us would have said. It starts with this kind of weird word, awe, that I don't, I don't know entirely how to say or how to communicate what, what exactly is being said in there. But for me, what it sounds like is a, a word of backpedaling or, or maybe even a word of complaint, like ah, uh, like a kind of a stalling. God, gi God gives Jeremiah this, this vision that uh, I knew you before you were even born and I've consecrated and anointed you to be my prophet. And Jeremiah's response feels like backpedaling backpedaling to me, like he's trying to back out of what God has just called him to, this really uh, incredible and challenging response. And I think it's kind of a, a stalling. I think you could add more H's on to the end of that word, ah, to where it's more like, uh, nope, not me. I'm out. No thanks. <laughs> thanks for the offer. Thanks for knowing me so well, but no, I'm out. Uh, Sorry, uh, uh, you think you know me? You, you think 
uh, I can do these things. You seem to think pretty highly of me and you want to anoint me to this prophetic role, uh, but I think you're wrong. I don't think you actually know me. I can't do that. Uh, I'm out. Uh, uh, sorry. Uh, I don't know how to speak. I'm only a boy. Uh, one commentary says that the task was indeed a large one, and any sensible person might well resist, both for fear of being unable to fulfill the calling and for fear of the consequences if one did. This is a, a stark thing that God is asking him to do. This is a grave thing, a serious, important thing. And Jeremiah is probably thinking, I've seen what happens to prophets. Like, I know how this story ends. I, I've seen throughout the scriptures what happens to prophets, and it's not good. No thanks. I'm out. And suddenly the excuses start flowing. I'm not good with my words. I'm too, I'm too young. He probably could have gone on and on and on. He probably did, and it just didn't get written down here. And we do the same sort of thing. We could fill in the same sort of blanks uh, with the excuses that we give for not living up to the tasks that God has put before us, not living into the person that God wants us to be. We could fill in our own blanks of our own excuses. And in fact, let's do that. Let's shout it out. What, what kind of excuses have you given to not do that thing that you know that you should, that thing that God is calling you to? What excuses have you given to God for not doing the thing that he wants you to do? Too busy. Don't have time. I don't know enough. Nervous. Yeah. Not a good speaker. Afraid of disappointment. Beautiful. I don't want to. Yep. Absolutely. Thanks, but no thanks. I don't want to. Yeah, we... I bet there's a million more things that we could say that we have said to God, whether out loud or at least in our minds, in our hearts, when God is asking us to do something that's challenging and we just want to say, can't do it, won't do it, not going to do it, sorry, I I'm out. Uh, I, I think I sound like George Bush there or something. Not going to, wouldn't be prudent. Not going to do it. Uh, but then God speaks again and kind of puts Jeremiah in his place, starting with verse 7. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a boy, for you shall go to all whom I send you to, uh, and you shall speak whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. Here we see the first of two major takeaways, I think, from this text. First thing we see is that to be known by God is to be empowered by God. When God knows us, he doesn't just send us out into the world uh, on our own, left to our own devices. Uh, he actually empowers us. We don't get to say, I'm too nervous, not going to do it, 
I, I can't speak well enough, I'm not educated enough, uh, I'm too afraid, I'm too busy. We don't get to say that because God doesn't allow us to do that. He actually empowers us uh, to actually be proficient in all the ways in which we feel deficient. To be known by God is to be empowered by God. The Lord reminds us of so many things in this section. Stop looking down on yourself. Stop doubting yourself. Stop thinking you can't do it. There's nothing to fear. Stop fearing. I got this. I'm going to go with you, and I will empower you all along the way. Do not be afraid. There's no deficiencies that you have that could keep you from doing God's work. I will empower you. I'll be with you and deliver you in your moments of difficulty. I'll even put the words in your mouth. You think you don't know what to say? I'll, I'll tell you what to say and the Spirit will speak through you, don't worry. And there are so many stories in Scripture that come to my mind, and probably yours as well, when we think about people doubting God's calling in their lives. And then, and then subsequently, God empowering them to fulfill that calling. I think about Moses, right, at the beginning of Exodus. He sees the burning bush in Exodus 3, and he gets this calling from God. God calls him to greatness. I want you to go back into Egypt, and I want you to free my people. And Moses immediately pushes back, right? Uh, I, I can't do it. I've got this stutter, uh, I, I, I can't do it, I'm not strong enough, I'm not good enough. A million things that he could have said. He pushes back against God, uh, but God uh, empowers him in that moment. He, he goes with him, he gives them the words to say, and he surrounds them with people that can help him, even if he isn't able to say uh, the words that he needs to. I, I think about Peter and, and Jesus uh, walking on the beach, having some fish breakfast post-resurrection, right? Peter has denied Jesus three times, and now he's just gone. He wasn't there at the crucifixion, and he's back to doing what he was trained to do originally as a fisherman, and he's done with his ministry, and Jesus comes up to him uh, on the beach in the midst of Peter's shame uh, it, his shame about his denial and his desertion, uh, his, his moment where he's just quitting. He's done, he's done with being an, a disciple. But Jesus knows him. He knows who he is and what he's capable of. Uh, and Jesus redeems him and empowers him for Peter's next great chapter of ministry. And he goes on to do great things. And it's because God knows him and empowers him for the ministry that he has for him. There's a song, uh, I don't listen to Christian radio often, uh, and some of the songs drive me crazy, uh, but uh, there are some really fantastic songs uh, on there, and there's a song right now called You Say uh, by Lauren Daigle, and, and, and I, love, I love this song. It's a, it's a beautiful song, but I think it fits uh, in this kind of theme of us doubting ourselves and doubting uh, ourselves to be able to fulfill the calling of God. And she, she sings this in the song. She sings, I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up. Am I more than just the sum of every high and every low? Remind me once again just who I am because I need to know. And, and then the chorus sings, you say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I am strong when I think I am weak. You say I am held when I am falling short, when I don't belong 
Oh, you say that I am yours. That's beautiful. In our moments of doubt, where we just don't feel like we measure up, where we're afraid of what God's calling us to, where surely it's just too hard and I don't want to do it, God knows us and empowers us. He's there with us. He'll walk beside us and he'll give us the strength that we need. As the old adage goes, God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. He empowers us in our lack and says, you got this. And you got this because I'm going with you and I'm going to empower you. We can boldly proclaim what David does in Psalm 71 where he says, For you are my hope, O Lord God, my confidence since I was young. I have been sustained by you ever since I was born. From my mother's womb you have been my strength. My praise shall always be of you. Uh, We are empowered by God. He knows us and he empowers us. And then finally, this empowerment sends us out on mission. We see this in verse 10. See today, I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. And I think this second truth that we see uh, here today in this passage is that to be known by God is to be sent by God. First thing, to be known by God is to be empowered by God, but to be known by God is to be sent by God. We are given this beautiful task by God to do whatever it takes to see God's kingdom flourish amongst all the nations. We are sent out as the known and empowered people of God to uproot evil and to replant goodness, to overthrow violence through peace and love, to build and plant God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. I love uh, love the story, uh, again, of Peter in in Matthew 16, uh, where, uh, where Jesus says to Peter, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock... I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Uh, You are Peter. You are a rock. I know you. I've empowered you, and now I'm sending you. I'm sending you to build my church, and I think that we get the same calling. I don't think that that calling is just for Peter. I think that Jesus is saying it to us as well. I know you. I've seen you. I've known you since the very beginning, since before you were even a, a, a speck in your parents' mind. I've known you. I know you intimately. I know everything about you. And I've empowered you uh, to be sent by me. To be known by God is to be sent by God. Uh, And as one commentary says, in Jeremiah's case, the prophet's vocation was given to him before he was even born, before he was formed in embryonic state, before he came forth from his mother's womb, God had already chosen him for service, consecrated and appointed and sent him to the nations. And and maybe our God-given calling isn't exactly like Jeremiah. In fact, it's probably not. But I promise you it's there. I promise you that God has sent us. God knows us, God empowers us, and God sends us 
to be about his work of bringing his kingdom here to this place on earth as it is in heaven. So my prayer for you today, maybe this is the time to, to go get the kids. My prayer for you today, my prayer for us today, is that you would know that you are known. Would you, would you feel in your gut that you are known and loved by God, that the God of the universe has chosen you, that he watches over you and cares for you, that he loves you dearly and has since before you were even born. You are known. He knows every hair on your head, every action you've taken, an idea you've thought, and he loves you still, even despite all of that. God chose you. He handpicked you. He wants you. He desires you. He loves you dearly. God watches over you and cares for you. He is on your side, no matter what. Would you know today that God has empowered you? There's no reason to fear. There's no excuses to be made because God has empowered us. He goes with us. Uh, he rescues us from any danger. He, he is there with us when we feel like we just don't measure up. Uh, when we feel like we don't have the words, he will put them in our mouths. When we just don't want to, he will give us the energy uh, and the, the drive, the desire to do his work. He has empowered us. He will deliver us, help us speak on our behalf. We have nothing to be fear. There's no reason to doubt the audacious things that God might call us to because he empowers us and is with us all along. And finally, would you know that God has sent you? He knows you. He's empowered you, and all for a mission, all to partner with him in bringing the kingdom of God here to build and plant God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. I pray that you would know that you are known, empowered, and sent by God. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your love. We can't even comprehend how deeply you know us and how greatly you love us. I thank you that you don't just send us out on our own, left to our own devices, stuck with our own fear and insecurity, but that you empower us. Uh, you provide in the midst of the ways in which we feel deficient. That you are sufficient in our weakness. God, and, and we thank you for this great calling that you give us, that you send us out to tear down what needs to be torn down, to uproot evil where it needs to be uprooted and to replant goodness. Thank you that you send us out to, to build and plant your kingdom here, to partner with you in doing your work here in this place. Uh, give us the strength and the courage to follow you in that, knowing that you will be with us, empowering us and sending us all along the way because you know us and you love us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're going to conclude.